Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ten first pitch. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's another week here on the Miller and Condon radio program. We're with you until noon. Glad you're with us as we talk sports with you. And then there were four, and we'll get into that. I was going to spend a lot of time on that, obviously, is what an amazing weekend of college basketball it was in Elite Eight. I get that the latest is always the greatest. Trent Condon, this one might be the greatest. Latest or not, it was unbelievable. We'll talk about uh, all of the games. John Camp was in Kansas City yesterday representing the AP. He's going to join us first right off the bat. 1025, we'll get him. Dylan Montz, Trent and I will I'll do some Iowa State as well as some Texas Tech basketball with Dylan. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic uh, joins us 1115. And then Rob Doster, com, NBC Sports. We will take a look back and a look ahead uh, with Rob Doster. Uh, Trent, good to talk to you. Good to see you. I know you're doing very well in your pools. Congratulations to that. As I believe Thank you. You've taken over the lead here at KXNO. As far as the on-air people, uh, the bar's not set real high. No, no. I, um, I looked at your bracket. Yeah. You got one. I did get one. Yeah. Virginia. How about that? Uh, but uh, what, a, what a fun tournament. Regardless of brackets or not, it's just amazing, amazing four games. I mean, every single one of them, every single last one of them was just, all right, Top that, okay, and they did. Mm-hmm. Just wow, what what an amazing weekend! So we'll do that. We'll get in a little bit of baseball as the Cubs bullpen is uh, is as bad as advertised, and I get it. It's only the first weekend of the season, but that was the big concern, and already those naysayers, at least early, have been proven right. Just how bad this was been, as they cannot get it out to save their lives, or in this case, save their same games. Kristen Yelich is he the best player in baseball? Maybe start adding that name to conversations when he tosses around the. Trouts and the Harpers and the Bryants and you fill in the blank who your guy would be. Not you, but the mm-hmm. audience. Christian Yelich is in that conversation. This just isn't based on this first opening weekend against the Cardinals. He is, after all, the reigning National League MVP. But how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to get up to Minneapolis. It is something that I've always dreamed about. Now, you being can't at. wear shorts, a t-shirt, and a ball cap on I backwards. Know, you know, know that, right? Hey, when, I, when I'm actually working, right. when, I, when I'm there, uh-huh. I dress up. You see what I wear when I go do play-by-play. I do, yeah. I do dress up, but... Because yeah. I'm wondering if you're going to get one of those TV spots. Well, I could be like our friend Matt Norlander and get shoved out of the way like Tony Bennett did that, that's after the game. He wanted to get to his dad. Yes, wanted to, wanted to have... Hopefully, we'll get Norlander this week. Love to get him and uh, get that... Exactly how it all went down. He had a smile on his face too, Norlander. Oh, sure. Took it in stride as you should and uh, quite the moment. But I'm so excited to get up there. Would I have loved Zion to be there in that story with Duke? Sure. Mm-hmm. As I told you last week, that's how always this, this season's going to remember. The year of Zion. Mm-hmm. That's what this will be. Yep. It'll be, oh yeah, and who won it that year? Yeah, it doesn't matter. 
Virginia. <laughs> yeah, oh, but Zion. But it was Zion. Yeah. Th- this is going to be the season of Zion, but great storylines all over the place. I know it's not the Blue Bloods that many people crave overall outside of Michigan yeah, State. Yeah, but for the conferences, I mean, the Pac-12 is brutal. Yes. And yep. they don't deserve a spot. The other four do, and they mm-hmm. move the needle all season long, and every one of them is represented, and I'm good with that. Yes, we get Big Ten, Big 12, yeah. and we'll get and one we of our... And we get those yeah. on, uh, on... That's the Is that the first game? The that's late, the late, late game, game. yes. Right. So we'll get Michigan State, Texas Tech. We'll have either a Big 12 or Big Ten team in the championship on Monday night. I'll be doing the show from K-Fan on Monday. Perfect. Excited for that. Get to hang out with PA maybe for a little mm-hmm. bit. Talk with Paul Allen and the rest of the crew up there. Going to be a great time. And a big thank you to Mr. Executive for making it all possible. Liana and everybody over there, a big thank you. It's going to be a great time. And uh, we'll have full coverage here on KXNO from the Final Four. That's outstanding, Trent. I'm envious of you in some respects. Um, no, you're not. You'd rather be in Ankeny. No, I would. But I love Minneapolis. Minneapolis yeah. is a really good city. It's a fun city. Yes. Lots to do there. Um, I'm gonna have to do some weather looking. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, you'll be indoors. Ah, well, won't bother. Won't bother. Well, let's uh, let's start with the games that were. And I do want to spend some time on baseball at some point today. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company I work for in Vegas, CG Technology, came out with their NFL win totals already, which surprised me before the draft. But uh, we're, we're going to save those for tomorrow or the next day. Just not a lot of talk uh, about those today. It really doesn't fit with the program, but. Good for them for doing that. We'll get to that at some point during the week. I don't know where do you where, where do you want to start? Do you want to go and order the games that uh, the way they unfolded? The Texas Tech Gonzaga game was first on Saturday, and it was terrific in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that's a fair way to do it. I think so. We can go and order and finish up with with the Duke game as the uh, um, as the finale here. Michigan State Duke, just an amazing game. But Texas Tech and Gonzaga was really good, and you know I don't know if look everybody knows about Culver, and mm-hmm. we know Moon. And we know the kid from Italy, Moretti, and his family was in town, which was really good that they're finally getting an opportunity to see the sophomore play. And he was good. He was really good. But the block by Tariq Owens, mm-hmm. um, just a massive, massive play as he blocks the three, somehow contorts his body to catch the basketball and to find the teammate before he falls down out of bounds. It was an amazing play, Trent, and I'm not sure that that was the game definer, but boy, it might have been. My wife, who isn't a big basketball fan, said that was the best play she'd ever seen. Is now, that she, a fact? Yeah, I mean, she because I, I was just, wow, wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I'm letting out. And then not only the block, but to be able yes, to catch to it and it. find an open teammate. And I thought there was no way that his foot wasn't out of bounds. No, I agree. I they went back and looked, and yeah. sure enough, yes, there mm-hmm. there it was, an incredible play. Now a lot of people are using this as another indictment on Gonzaga. Here they are again. Mm-hmm. If that's this is a team that played for a national championship a couple of years right, ago. Right. This program has elevated itself. Yeah, had there been upsets along the way, but that happens to everybody. How about this? And kind of big picture. You know how many Final Fours Duke and Kay have been to the last 15 years? I do, and I wouldn't have guessed that if I had not seen it on Twitter. So go ahead. It's two. It's crazy. Two yep. Final Fours in 15 years for Krzyzewski and Duke. Unthinkable. No, Absolutely. I would have I would have said, oh, I don't know, half a five? Right. Four, I would, five, six? Yep, right in that range. Uh-huh. And you'd be dead wrong. You wouldn't have right. been close. And I would have been close on that one. It's uh, it's a tough tournament. It's one and done. It's 40 minutes of basketball. The best teams don't come out. This Gonzaga team was great. Mm-hmm. This was a great basketball Clark team. Clark was a man. Hachimura was terrific. Uh, Tilly was, you know, he never got into it he this did. tournament. Yep. This was, and this is a kid who missed a whole lot of time. And Norvell was great. Norvell hit big mm-hmm. shots in, the, in Perkins, this tournament. Perkins, I've always liked that kid. Yeah, 
Yep. And look at they've got a couple of guys sitting out. They're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a power. This is a legitimate power uh, that wasn't able to get there. But no, if anybody criticizing them or I don't get it. I don't get it. Look, I'm glad Texas Tech won. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted the Big 12 to have a team in it. I thought they were the best team all year. Kind of just makes you scratch your head as you go back to Kansas City three weeks ago. And right. how the hell did West Virginia <laughs> pick off Texas Tech? But they did. Um, but you know what? That doesn't matter. This is this is how you're this is how you're judged. Uh, no offense to Cyclones or their fan base after winning the tournament down there uh, four to six times, but this is how you're judged ultimately. Uh, the Purdue game was one for the ages, Trent. It really was. Carson Edwards was. You see his four games in the tournament. And I'm going off the top of my head, and I'm going to get it wrong. It's like 42, 29, 26, 43. I got it here for you. What is it? ODU 26. Yeah. 42 against Nova. Yeah. 29 against Tennessee. 42. It's crazy. Against Virginia. I mean, Twice and this is a guy, up. Trent, and you and I, you, we, we spent not a lot of time, but whenever we talked about Purdue in the month of February, boy, what's wrong with Carson Edwards? He's not looking like the no. same guy. They can't. They they will only go as far as he can take them. Well, we were right about that, right? But we didn't know that you know whatever it was, he was able to put it behind him. What an amazing, amazing couple of weekends for Carson Edwards and that entire team. And I I felt bad for Matt Painter. I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the Bennett story and I love the Virginia story. And we've been harping on it for months that that sports writers will never have an opportunity in their lifetime to write this story again. A, a number one seed getting knocked out as a uh, by a by a six uh, by a sixteen seed, and then to come back the next year and win it all, well, that story's still very much alive, and it's going to catch a lot of people who are going to start writing that. And but I was I was hoping for Painter. I was I was rooting for Purdue. Edwards was unbelievable, but the supporting cast wasn't there, and and it was a question yeah. that we talked about a lot. I, nobody else had more than seven mm-hmm. in the game. And Klein, who Klein was, had the and, early three. Yeah, that was it. About yeah. the, for the most part, and they ran him off the three point line. Trends what they did. That shows you Virginia just how good uh-huh. they are on the defensive. Well, especially end. when you go back to you know what, what he did earlier in the week, right on mm-hmm. Thursday night, he went That's crazy, right? Um, and and you had to stop him, and they did. They mm-hmm. did, but they couldn't stop Edwards. How about of all the guys on Virginia, of all the guys on Virginia, to have the basketball in his hands? Three, two, one. Shot goes up. <laughs> Just Diakite of all the people. Get it to the big guy. Uh, and, and Trent, he's a guy. He was good uh, against Purdue. He was. But I've seen Virginia play a lot, and I'm not k- knocking the kid's game, but scoring's not his strong suit. Nope. No, he is a defender. He's yes. a big guy in the middle. That's, yes. He is limited right. offensively. And this wasn't a lay-in. This was a jumper. Right. The time running out. Uh-huh. Six-foot jumper. And he was pure with it, but the pass from Clark. Yeah, amazing, wasn't it? I mean, it? the wherewithal. <laughs> nine times out of ten, what you see in that situation. Yeah. Ball's tapped back. I know. It is a scramble situation. Two dribbles and a mm-hmm. heave from half court. Mm-hmm. That's what you get. Yep. From, Panic City. Yes. And for the wherewithal of a very veteran team and the guy that's not the veteran on this team, yeah. to make that pass left-handed, yeah. fire that bullet, Get it there in time. I loved it afterwards. I heard an interview with Kyle Guy who said, I was open there too. We didn't need to go to overtime. <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. Kyle Guy's awesome. This whole team, I fun love. Team. This is a really, really fun team. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this story. It is absolutely incredible. You're right. You feel bad for Painter. You feel bad for Purdue fans. I mean, you look at the success, certainly in my lifetime, of four decades now, the Big Ten championships. They've won more than anybody else, Big Ten regular season titles, but haven't been able to break through. That was always the knock. 
with Gene Cady. Last time they were there, 1980. Mm. Same time Iowa was there for the final time. They've been to this step. They've never been able to come it, and it felt like finally they were going to get it. Five minutes away, Trent. Actually, uh, they were five minutes and five seconds or two seconds, whatever yeah. it was. It was it was an amazing game. One really, of the best really ever. was. Really, I mean, yeah. number one is Duke, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. The original final sure. with the Leitner shot. Yep. It is going to be nearly impossible to surpass that. I'd say the championship game with Gonzaga and North Carolina a couple years back mm-hmm. because of the stakes also involved. Mm-hmm. This one at the end, because of the end of the game, it, it was for all intents and purposes over. Didn't quite have that, but big shot after big shot, stepping up Edwards and that ridiculousness, and then just everybody Virginia. All right, now it's your turn to take over. And then over. they clamped down on Edwards in overtime. And got it done. They and did. How about, did you see the video of waiting for the overtime period to start and, and Edwards is on the floor and, and Diakite and Edwards kind of have a moment? And it yeah. was a great moment. There were smiles on both their faces and a friendly kind of push from Diakite. I mean, Carson Edwards thought he was going to the Final Four. The Purdue fan base thought they were going. Of all the people to have the ball in your hand, that's the one you want. Diakite, and he drained it. Drained it. Good for him. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Clark's really good, too. Yes, I think he he's going to have to be good because he's going up against a couple of guards, and we'll, mm-hmm. I guess uh, we should do that game now is Auburn and Kentucky. The guard play, Trent, we hear it all the time, right? March is about guards. It's right. about guards. There's also another story that I think is developing. It's about veteran players, I think, in the month of March, too, mm-hmm. and we're seeing that. But that has not been the talking point until this year. It's always been, boy, you got to have guards in the month of uh, in the month of March, and do they ever Harper and Brown? Oh, my God. That was amazing to watch those two put on a show. And they weren't the only guys. McLemore was okay. Uh, they had a kid off the bench. Wiley off the bench was good, but it was the guard play for Auburn that propelled them over Kentucky, and despite P.J. Washington's heroic efforts. And every time that Kentucky, especially there in the overtime, Kentucky kept making plays. Mm-hmm. And they'd go up to the free throw line, and they'd hit their free throws. And... and well, that that should be easy. We've seen throughout this tournament, it's not always easy. What was the game where, was it Tennessee-Purdue? The free throw, the poor, uh, yes, 19 awful. misses on yes. the Purdue side, like 16 on the other side. The, I mean, the Duke game yesterday, yes. Duke-Michigan State, there were a bunch of free throws and missed. Cool, uh-huh. calm, collected. Now, I want to get your perspective on this one, because I've seen plenty of Hawkeye fans trying to hitch their wagon to their former assistant coach and Bruce Pearl. Okay. What do you think of Bruce Pearl? I have, you know, I'm, I'm kind of Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody cheats. <laughs> we don't Every, everybody know. cheats. Okay. I, I don't want to know. I don't want anyone to peel back the the, the curtain on college athletics. It's dirtier than we think, and I don't want to know. I, I'm a selfish fan. I could care less. Entertain me, and they sure does hell do. Bruce Pearl does that. Yes. No doubt. The way his teams play, mm-hmm. it's an entertaining brand of basketball. Yeah, they cheat their ass are you Are you hitching your wagon? Or are you not good with that? Is that why you brought it up? No, I mean, I that's quite a leap. It's quite. I, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yes, I mean we're talking thirty years, <laughs> right? Since since he was toiling around in Iowa City and and making phone calls mm-hmm. over to Deion Thomas. That was a now long I time did ago. not know about this aspect of his career that at Boston College with Doctor Tom he was a student manager or something. Yep. He actually had to wear the mascot suit. Did you know that? I did. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> So that moved him up in my book. I mean, this guy's <laughs> paid his dues and got to that spot and then cheated to stay there. Ah, eh, you know what? I, I don't care. He I was really in coaching don't. purgatory. Yes, after, it was. A, he had a show cause. Yeah, he was blackballed even before the show cause. Though he was blackballed, and that's why he was at Southern Indiana for but a number had to, for he a had decade. To go to the Valley for a long time. Yeah, because people said we're not hiring this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was persona non grata. He was a guy that you looked at and said the college rank. He was hated. 
Does, not not by Jimmy Collins. Of course, Jimmy Collins hated him. They didn't even shake hands when they were going right. up against each other in the Horizon League what, 15 years ago. But more than that, just people looked at it. That's, you don't snitch. You don't no, turn in your own. You don't do that. And you saw that permeate for a long time. He had a lot of success. He won national championships at the D2 level at Southern Indiana, and people wouldn't give him a shot. And the first mm-hmm. team finally at the D1 level to give it was UW-Milwaukee, who never been to an NCAA tournament before. They were looking at it and saying, well, we're not going to get there doing it the right way. Let's do it a different way. Went with Bruce Pearl. Success there. Success at Tennessee. Guy can coach, Trent. Success at Auburn. He can coach. Flat out coach. Give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, you know, I'm not rooting for him on Saturday. I want Virginia. Yeah. I, I do. I want that story to have an opportunity to come to, you know, full circle. Again, think about this, folks. Think about this. The first time ever in the history of the tournament, as a one seed two years ago, get knocked out by 16. And look where they are on the precipice of playing for an opportunity. It is complete full circle if they get this done. And, and I love Tony Bennett. I think it was after after the game they were talking a little bit about what happened a year ago. The, the loss to UMBC. And he, he said that he's told the kids all throughout the year and, and last season, as soon as the season ended in that loss, wear it. This, this mm-hmm. is your history. You are going to be remembered for this. But it doesn't have to end here. No. You can add another chapter to this book. Yep. And that it permeated with me, and I, I know it certainly did in that inside that locker room. Kind of rooting for that to happen, Trent. As yep. much as I would love the Michigan State or Texas Tech story, how can you not like Beard Boy? Can they keep him? Oh, he's making good money. Well, and what's out there that's left? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, the, do you really want to go to the Pac-12, a conference that struggles financially? Compared to your peers, mm-hmm. at, at, at one time was a basketball blue blood. Are they still? It's a difficult job. Right? I told you last week the story I saw about assistant coaching pay. And right, trying to do as bad that as it is, and yeah. trying to do that in L.A. Mm-hmm. and in Brentwood, <laughs> trying to get a place at two hundred fifty. Most ninety nine percent of the people listening say two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's great, but when you're living. No. In that place. It's one thing to spend that or make that in Lubbock. Yes. Or in Ames or fill in the blank right. around college sports. It's another thing to do it in L.A. and in Brentwood, as you mentioned. It's nearly impossible. It is. I mean, you're, you're living mm-hmm. in an apartment. You're living mm-hmm. in a small apartment, I'm sure. It's just a completely different stature. You know, Beard is an interesting one. What else would be out there? He went to well, Texas, right? Uh, yes, yes. Went to yes. Texas. Shaka doesn't get it done. Next. I mean, well, the pressure's clearly on, but that's, I guess you can move in, you can stay in conference and go from a Texas Tech to a Texas. So this, clearly, they're going to up his pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll save that because that's, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they're no. coming back. I think he's going to be back next year. I hope that's the case. That game has a chance to be terrific. All right, let's, let's finish up on this one. And it was Michigan State and it was Duke and it was unbelievable. And Zion Williamson, and we may never see an athlete. We may never see a Zion Williamson in college basketball again because the consensus is that within the next three years, and in all likelihood, we'll get through the next two, and then the NBA is going to drop their minimum age requirement, which is going to prevent us from seeing these one-and-donners in the tournament. And man, oh man, as um, many have pointed out, Shashevsky, this one's got to wear on him a little bit. Sure. Because this was, he's got three of the first five picks in the NBA draft on his team this year, and they couldn't get out of the, get to the final four. This might have been, this is not hyperbolic. I, I was looking through Duke year by year and Shashevsky year by year. You could consider this his worst coaching job. I, 
the one-and-done nature, I get it. Mm-hmm. The injuries that they had, not just when they lost Zion for a time, but Bolden you know, going down. They they had certainly... Jones, too. Yep. Well, not in the tournament, though, but yeah. They, the they dealt with that, but as you mentioned, the roster. Uh-huh. Zion, who is ridiculous, but drop a play. It was very simple. I heard this number uh, this morning. Zion Williamson took one shot the last 6.27 of the game. One shot. Really? Michigan State, I know, was doubling him. Yeah. They were throwing doubles at him every single time. Yeah. And in their three losses that they had this season with their full complement, was Zion out there? I wouldn't have thought that, Trey. I, I didn't either. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was surprising. In fact, it was Matt Norlander mm-hmm. who uh, said it on his podcast this morning. The other part is their three losses this year. R.J. Barrett combined in the final minute of those games to go 0 for 9 for 3. He's had the ball in his hand every single one of them, Trent. And in that final minute mm-hmm. of those three losses, mm-hmm. again, one shot yep. from Zion Williamson. R.J. Barrett's a terrific player. Yeah, R.J. Barrett, a lot of people think, is going to be the best pro out of that class. I disagree, but... Steve Nash put that. Now I get it. Steve Nash is his godfather. Mm. They're both fine Canadian lads. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, But he's convinced that R.J. is going to be a better pro. And a lot of people are. A lot of people have that opinion. We'll see. But Michigan being going to have the ball in his hand for them to draw up that three for him at the end. And... I got to put this out there. What's uh, the kid from the Fort Dodge Messenger? Eric Pratt, is that his name? Yep. So I retweeted this last night, and I've had people, I don't know how they found me on my, on my Twitter, on my, what do you call it, feed. But he, t- did you see the picture of the inbound pass at the, at the end when, when Winston gets in the clear? Did you see that? He kind of blinks and kind of moves his eyes. Uh uh-uh. uh. Go to my Twitter feed. Okay. Going there right now. All right. It's amazing, amazing piece of video, I think. You find it? No. It's right at the... Uh... Okay, yeah. Yep, yep, got it. Okay. Watch Xavier with a quick nod to Cassius to go. And watch his eyes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, yeah, there you it is. See, yeah. we're, we're, this is going to gonna happen. It's almost like a quarterback coming to the line, mm-hmm. and, you know, without verbally, they got that little cue that yes. the wide receiver and the quarterback on the same page. The Dan Marino fake yes. spike. Yes, well, that's another one, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, for Winston to be able to get the ball like that and, and run unaccosted to wear out the, to run out the final couple of minutes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. What a great weekend of college basketball. It really and truly was. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Uh, it's the Miller and Condon Show. And by the way, Eric Pratt, Messenger Sports, mm-hmm. 119,000 people have viewed his uh, little video that he put posted up there. 119,000. That's great. When I tweeted, I was like, it was 43. Total? <laughs> Total. 119,000 subsequently have seen that. And I didn't see it during the game at all. I don't think anybody did, except for Eric. Time out. Come back. John Bowen Camp, Dylan Montz, 1045. Uh, Scott Dockerman is here. So is Rob Doster. We are college basketball heavy, and why wouldn't we be? It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Get it done. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you right up until noon. If you miss any portion of the program, you can always catch the podcast, kxno.com. Click the podcast link. In about 15 minutes, we'll talk Iowa State with Dylan Montz, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, 1115, uh, Rob Doster, College Basketball Talk, NBC Sports at 1135-ish. But right now, he was, well, he's press row. He was within shouting distance of uh, Bruce Pearl. 
uh, yesterday in Kansas City. Uh, John Bowenkamp, Burlington Hawkeye, an AP voter. He joins the program. Hello, John Bowenkamp. Trent and Ken, how are you? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Doing well. You look good on uh, on TV yesterday. You had some uh, some prime seats. I know. I didn't know I was going to be on TV. I didn't shave yesterday. So it was a little scruff. Yeah. Uh, great game. It really was. Um, you know, you tweeted out that, that uh, Bruce Pearl, very animated uh, on the uh, on the benches, to, to no one's surprise. But uh, was right. the air a little blue at times yesterday, John? You know, surprisingly, no. I mean, he doesn't. He didn't really say anything profane. He was just really angry. Um, you know, I, there was one time I he just turned and his, his athletic director was sitting a few seats away and he just said, why don't we just go home? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and I, he was, he was really unhappy with, with all the physical contact yeah. that went on in that game, but, but they survived it and, and, and won a, won a big game yesterday. I mean, I, that showed really how, how gutty that team is. I mean, the way they played the other night against North Carolina and then, to come back yesterday because I thought really late in the first half they were kind of dead mm-hmm. and they got a couple of shots late and made it a close game at halftime and then all of a sudden you know I mean they really kind of took over the second half got it to overtime and then and then dominated in overtime um, you know it's a, it's a really good team and and they were also playing with one of their best players right yeah that's Okiki who. Yeah, we'll go ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll go ahead. What you were going to say? I was just going to say, Okiki out uh, out for the tournament uh, as, he, as he tears an uh, an ACL. You know, it's funny, John. You mentioned the physical play. Uh, Bruce Pearl was complaining about that after the game. I'm not sure if you if you were if it was got brought up in the press conference. I'm sure you attended, but Calipari was also talking about how physical it was out uh, out, out there, and it seemed to me like not a complaint, but he certainly wanted people to know that he didn't like how physical it was. Well, it got to the point where I, I think Auburn just. Decide, okay, if this is the way it's going to play, we have to play the same way. And I mean, there were there were some plays under the basket late in the game where they just let it go. And um, you know, I mean, there there was there was a time when about midway through the second half, when 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 Pearl yelled, "This is getting out of control," and it did start to get that way. But at the same time, the, the team is just adjusted and just play. And you know, sometimes you have to do that, especially this time of year. If you see how it's going to be called, we'll just you know go do it you know and that's what they did john you watch a ton of college basketball you're an ap top 25 voter kentucky going down with their one and dunners that pj washington back for his sophomore year reed travis comes in as a grad transfer from stanford and then on the other side uh, later in the afternoon of course duke going down an indictment in your mind of the one and done era veteran teams making it to the final four or is it just one year? You know, causation isn't the reason for this. Anything like that? Your takeaway from what we saw throughout these Elite Eight games? I I think it's a combination of both. I mean, I, I think I think it's a situation. Yeah, it, it, this year is a little unusual in that aspect. But but I do think that that really when you get to this point in the season, you know, you, if you're a talented team but also a veteran team, you have a pretty good chance of going a long way in the tournament and and winning it all. Because I I do think seniors. Juniors and seniors make a difference, and you could kind of, you know, and all you know, all you have to do is point at this year's Iowa team, and and look at some of the games they played late in the season and won when they weren't playing well, and a lot of that just has to do with the fact that you have guys that have logged a lot of minutes and and don't panic down the stretch, and I think that's what you saw in this tournament, and I think that's what you saw this weekend is you saw veteran teams that played well down the stretch and made plays when they needed 
to make plays to win. Mm. John Bowenkamp, Burlington Hawkeyes, our guest. Brown and Harper so quick, yet the, that really wasn't on full display. It certainly was a time as they were, you know, they'd use their quickness to get to the basket. But going forward to Virginia, can Brown and Harper be as effective if indeed the Cavaliers are able to, you know, uh, insert or not insert, but make them play at the pace that they want to? Can Harper and Brown be effective if the game slows down? No. I mean, I, I think that's, that, that game is going to be all about pace. And I think it's, you know, whoever, whoever can, can get it to where they want to play is going to be the one that wins because I don't think either one of them can just to the other's play. I, I just think that, that that's going to be the key. And I, I think Auburn is going to want to run against – you don't want to get into a half-court game because, I mean, then everything gets jammed up and, and, and it's really hard to do some of the things that Auburn does. I mean, this is a team that, that uh, you know, it was asking Tom uh, – Early the night, you know, if if this team looked a lot like the Tom Davis teams that he coached with at at, at Iowa, I mean, his thing was if you say my team looks like a Tom Davis team, that's a compliment. And so, I mean, Auburn likes to move around and all that, and and, and, if, and if Virginia kind of gums things up, it's going to make it really difficult for them to get good shots. I think. So, taking that local angle, of course, Bruce Pearl, longtime assistant under Dr. Tom. Did you talk at all outside of the Dr. Tom connection there? Did you talk about his days in Iowa? Did you bring up Jimmy Collins? Anything like that with Pearl over the no, weekend? He didn't get the chance really on Friday. I mean, because I, I was waiting for him. Because I, I just wanted to ask you, you know, have you talked to Tom? You know, that sort of thing. But he was so in command at that mm-hmm. point of ESPN and everything else. It was kind of hard to get any attention with it. But, I mean, it, it's clear that he has a very fond affection for his time with Tom Davis, and, and, and he said, you know, a lot of the stuff they do is what Iowa teams did. And he said, you know, he said, we, you know, one of the things we did was, was run the Carolina break. And he goes, tonight you saw a mirror image of that, you know, because they were running the same kind of fast break that Carolina did. And so I, I, I do think he's taken a lot of what, what Dr. Tom has done and, 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 when, you know, in, in the innovations he's done with his off, did with his offenses at Iowa. And, you know, throughout his career, and I think he's incorporated that into his style. You know, like I said, he has a very strong affection for Tom Davis, even after, you know, the way things kind of ended there. And, and I mean, I think he's, that's, that's his mentor. And, I mean, you know, he said, you know, if you had seen the look on his face when he was asked about it, you could tell that, that it really meant a lot to him that it was brought up. Hmm. So look at, looking forward to Saturday, um, what's Auburn? how many points is Auburn going to have to score? I mean, Virginia's going to try and hold them to, I would think, you know, under 60. Can they? Yeah, you know, I, again, I think it's, 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 if they could get, I mean, because Auburn can shoot. I mean, you, you saw that. The threes, in, yeah. Yeah, you, you, shot, you saw that in the tournament. You saw that against Kansas. You saw that against North Carolina. You saw it a little bit yesterday, but a lot of that yesterday was just they were able to get some, some openings late. But mm-hmm. it, that's the thing. If they can get it into the high 60s, that, that's a game they're going to win. Yep. And, and that means they're going to have to – if they can if they can get open shots, and, and sometimes I think you can against Virginia's defense, but if they can get open threes and they can get going early, um, they can – you know again, that goes back to controlling the pace. If you can hit some threes and, and kind of dictate the tempo that way, you know, to where you can kind of speed up the game a little bit, then I think that plays in their favor. It's just a matter of are they going to get those open shots from, from the wing and, and, and from behind the arc. John Bodekamp joining us from the Burlington Hawkeye. It's Miller and Cotton on KXNO. John, you've covered uh, a couple of guys we saw in the Elite Eight. 
Matt Painter from everything that I've heard, a great guy to deal with. And Tom Izzo, who sometimes can leave you shaking your head. Other times, <laughs> some media members absolutely beloved by him. Your perspective, I know you've been in press conferences lots of times with Izzo and Painter. Uh, just uh, maybe a takeaway of those two guys and your thoughts on both coaches. Well, look at, I, mean, I, I think Matt Painter did a great job this year. Steve, look at where they were at in December. And, you know, everybody kind of pegged them as being a Big Ten contender. They struggled early, and everybody thought, okay, you know, there's there's some openings there for some, some teams to get into that 3-4 spot behind Michigan. And then all of a sudden they got in the league play and played really well and and then played well all through the tournament. So I think that's a testament to the way he coaches. And and I think that this team kind of bought into that identity late in the season. Izzo is Izzo, and I mean, he's he's kind of the elder statesman mm-hmm. now in the league, and he kind of gets away with things that, that maybe some other coaches don't get away with. Um, you know, but I, I mean, I think he I think he's done an excellent job with this team, too, because I think this team bought into what he wanted, and, and I think they've bought into his style, and, and you can see and you can see that yesterday in the way they played late down the stretch, and, and I mean, they I, I think they're both excellent coaches. They have different coaching styles, but I, I think their teams kind of pick up pick up on the identity that they build. Uh, the Friday Sunday slate gave you an opportunity to get over to Kaufman. They made you wait for your yeah. so you finally saw your first baseball game of the yeah. year. But after the uh, the weather delay, uh, just kind of a couple of takeaways. I mean, it's it's weekend one, but for the people, and we get a lot of them that uh, get in the car and go down to Kansas City at some point during the summer to watch a major league game. Uh, what did uh, what what did you see in that team in what would have been game two of the season? You know, it's a, it's an interesting organization. I think you're kind of getting back to where they were, maybe. You know, you think about the World Series runs in 2014. This feels like one of those teams that they had maybe in 2012. And there's a lot of young talent. There's a lot of young pitching, and and they've mixed in some veteran guys that that, that you know are, are looking for you know their last you know couple of years in in the league. And Ian Kennedy closed the game on Saturday, which I found really fascinating. Yes. And he got the save, and then they announced it as his first career save. Uh-huh. You know, so I mean, I mean, you can tell there's a lot of young talent there, and, and there's a lot of young talent in that organization. The White Sox are the same way, and I'm sitting there thinking the other day, okay, this, this is a couple teams that, that, that aren't going to be really that good this year. Of course, in that division, who knows what could happen? Because I mean, there really isn't, you know. But um, you think in a couple of years, these two teams might be contending for a division title. And because there was a lot of good young talent on that field that day, and I mean, you know, you look around the rest of the league, and and it's really hard to compete in a league that has Red Sox, Yankees, Astros. <laughs> but but this is a team. These are two teams. I think maybe two years from now are going to are going to be really really good. Well, so it's kind of interesting to see them play. You know, we'll uh, we'll get to see a lot throughout your Twitter feed this summer on the Burlington Bees. A lot of baseball certainly come your way. But before that, one other thing. My last thing for you. Iowa women's basketball tonight. I know you uh, cover the women's team from time to time, and a huge, huge uh, matchup, literally, with that Baylor front line uh, with six foot seven in the middle possession against Mega Gustafson. Iowa is a fourteen and a half point underdog against the top ranked Bears. What's it going to take outside of maybe playing at a different level for Iowa to pull off this huge upset? I said this a little while ago on Twitter to Rick Brown. I believe this. I think this is going to be one of the dirtiest games they've ever played. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this game will be very physical, very rough. You can tell yesterday in, in Baylor's attitude that, that, that I, I don't think they have a whole lot of respect. And I think they're going to shove making. I think 
Meg Gustafson has been shoved around a lot in her four years. I think tonight's going to be the worst she's ever gotten. <laughs> and so, so I think this is going to be – and I think this Iowa team is very capable of pushing back. And I think, you know, I mean, they, they, can be, they can be annoying in their own way. And, and I mean, they know how to kind of control things. If they can control their, the emotions tonight, and, and if it's a closely called game, I think they have a really good chance of getting a win. But if, if this thing gets away, I, I think what you're going to see tonight, as much people as, as you've seen on social media that really don't like Tim Mulkey, you're going to hear like about 20 times worse by this time tomorrow. I think. I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a very physical game. I think. It's, I think it's going to be dirty, and, and I think you're going to see. I think. I think you're going to be shocked at times tonight at, at what Baylor tries and what they try to get away. With. John Bowencamp, Burlington Hawkeye. John, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Uh, glad you enjoyed the weekend. Yep, thanks. Good to talk to John Bowencamp from the Burlington Hawkeye. He was courtside yesterday in Kansas City. A little tournament kind of related news. All the way back machine to March the 19th, the Tuesday night of the, what do you want to call them? They still call them playing games. Mm-hmm. I guess we can get away with that, right? Um, Rick Bird, Belmont coach. Yeah, yeah. Cried when they got the invitation. They heard the, yeah. he just retired. Great guy, great coach. Been there a million years. Love the offenses that they've run mm-hmm. throughout the years. If if you're a coach, go back and watch some Belmont. You're going to pick up something. One of the funnest offensive coaches we've seen. And a guy that could have moved on. Sure. I lived in Nashville. Made a good living, I'm sure. Yeah. What, they're t- almost been there a years. long time, Trent. Yeah. Team gets in, wins a game, gets an opportunity. They maybe should have, if it would have, should have beat Maryland, Maryland the right? They did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was one of the stories of the tournament, as I think back on it, just how emotional and how much it meant to them to uh, to hear their name and to get in, and then to win a game, knocked out Temple. We'll uh, come back with Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, Miller and Condon, until noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. On Facebook. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. Hi, Rick. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. It's time to go for the green with KXNO and EKG Golf. Text the keyword WATER. To 200, 200 right now to enter to win a thousand dollars in cash. That's water to 200, 200 standard, uh, message and data rates apply. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune's had a busy weekend. Spring football goes on. Do a little Texas Tech with them as well. Dylan Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Dylan, how are you? Yeah, doing well. It's, it's good to be on with you guys, as always. Uh, so what happened this weekend? I know that uh, Coach Rashid was mic'd up, but I'm not sure he had an opportunity to uh, meet with him afterwards or not. Boy, he's got a heck of a group to work with, doesn't he? Uh, strength of the team, right? Would you say strength of the team defensive line? It, yeah, that's a really interesting point. It, it probably is, just given some of the firepower and, and just sheer numbers of starters they have returning. and. And then that's a group that's really kind of been able to build up some good depth too over the last couple of years. And um, and I know know they have some young guys uh, in there as well that they're excited about. And I I think he's actually one of the guys um, we get tomorrow as well. We'll we'll get to hear from him soon and, um, and catch up with that. But yeah, he, he's, He's fun to listen to, high energy, and um, mm-hmm. really gets after his guys. What's the biggest unanswered question that you have throughout this spring? We, we've talked about kind of bits and pieces. What's the biggest one, number one on your list, that you're hoping to answer by the time we finish up? Yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't know if it, it'll be answered. I think it's going to be a thing that goes through the offseason and into fall camp. But it, for me, it, it's always kind of come back to the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the end of last year, 
that's a group that has obviously really needed needed to improve if, if the team's going to take the next step. They, they've, they've replenished the defensive line and really kind of gotten some horses in there that they feel good about and can go make plays. But the offensive line, especially when you consider um, – you know, losing guys like David Montgomery in the backfield, that masks a lot of problems. And then Hakeem Butler, he could get the ball out to him quick and he could make plays. But they're going to probably have to look a little bit different this year as they try to sort out who their skill position guys are that they can go to. Um, and obviously Brock Purdy's playmaking ability helps as well. But I think that's still the group that is, is going to need to take the most steps and, and show the most. So, um, you know, Tom Manning said last week, that um, you know, it's it's really kind of still an open competition, so to speak, and they're just really trying to find the five guys that create the best rhythm and flow for the offense. And uh, you know, that's that's going to be the thing I'm paying attention paying, paying attention to not only this spring, but again, once we kind of get closer to the year. I was uh, surprised over the weekend to see, and I wish I could remember who put this out there that regarding the running back room, that Sheldon Crony is the is the leader. I mean, I get that he's the He's the up. Uh, he's what senior now, right? Yeah, he's a senior. Right. Um, so I guess by default it would be his room. But um, I'm not sure he's. You know, he's when, once it's all said and done that he's going to get the first carry next year. But for now, he's the vocal leader of that running back room. I was surprised by that. Yeah, I think uh, again, I think Tanae Nawangu is going to be the guy that gets the first carry, at least as of now, the way the the room stands and. Um, you never know what can happen. Maybe Brees Hall really asserts himself. Maybe Jirel Brock comes in this this summer and uh, just kind of lights it up. And he's a guy that throws himself into the competition. But I think Crony is kind of a guy that people can rally around because Kanena Wongu is a little bit more soft spoken. Um, he, he's not necessarily yet going to be the guy that um, you know is, is the raw raw type that the king kind of um, blew everybody together. So I think Sheldon Crony is really kind of. Um, you know, even though he was older than David Montgomery, I think he, he took a lot from him, took a lot from Mike Warren, um, certainly just guys that had been around and, and done that and, and been kind of the guy that people can go to and um, get on the sideline with and talk things through. And uh, he, I know that's the thing that he, he said he was trying to do a little bit more is assert himself in that way. So I, I think that's what it comes down to a little bit more than, than just the pure talent, although he can do some, some nice things. I think Tanae Longo will be the guy, but... He, he's going to be a, a valuable piece to that room, even if he's not always on the field. So let's go from some football over to basketball. Iowa State at the end of the regular season got to see this Texas Tech team. Dylan, in the Final Four, and new blood for the Big 12 in the Final Four. It's been Kansas, but that's all that it's been. I think you got to go back to 2 when you uh, saw Texas there, the last Texas school to be in. How important is it for the conference as a whole to get somebody other than Kansas to a Final Four? Yeah, it, it, from a perception standpoint, at least, it just shows there's a little bit of parity. And now the Big 12 has had three three of the last four Final Fours have had three different Big 12 teams in it with Kansas, um, you know, and then Oklahoma uh, a couple years ago and now Texas Tech. So it, it, it just kind of, um, I mean, if you're, if you're going to talk about, you know, oh, Big 10 is better, SEC is better, ACC is better, Big 12, it, that just kind of helps the case if you want to mm-hmm. have those arguments in the, in the office or or whatever, but I think it is um, it is important just to, at least from a perception standpoint, to show that Kansas doesn't have necessarily a stranglehold on the league, even though they had that amazing run of um, you know Big Twelve regular season championship wins. But yeah, it's it's a heck of an accomplishment, uh, not only um, for Texas Tech, Chris Beard. Um, I mean, it's just been unbelievable how quickly they've turned around that program, and 
and just made it the the kind of contender it is. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm sure you saw the Gonzaga Texas Tech game, and you know the big three stepped up. Owens Block was just a, an all timer. The, the when it happened, uh, considering the circumstances when it happened, just uh, amazing. Now here comes Michigan State. Not going to be easy, Dylan Mons, to get to Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. And Michigan State, um, you know, is, is obviously going to be really physical. They have been all tournament long. Got to see them in Des Moines, so it was interesting to kind of see Texas Tech at the end of the year, see Michigan State as they got into the tournament. But I, I think it, it it's going to be an interesting matchup because they're a little bit – both are a little bit more defensive-minded. They like to play physical. Um, but, yeah, it, I think it will be tough for Texas Tech maybe to get things going just because of, you know, if Michigan State can shoot well, they are so physical and the, the tournament is always officiated a little bit differently where they allow you to play through contact. Like the, yesterday in the, the Duke-Michigan State game, some unbelievable, um, you know, plays are being made, a lot of physicality there. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that matchup even more so than, than Auburn-Virginia just because, um, you know, again, the, the physicality and, and how teams match up with each other is, is always fascinating. And we live in Big Ten slash 12 countries, so uh, it means a little more. Good stuff, Dylan. We'll talk to you at the end of the week. We'll recap the week and put you on record uh, for these two games on Saturday night. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. AmesTrib.com is where you can read Dylan and Travis Hines and the whole crew over there, AmesTrib.com. Uh, Charlie Henry is apparently joining Hoiberg. Charlie Abdel- Henry. Charlie Henry was the guy that went young kid. Okay. He was in his tw- mid-20s when Hoiberg, I want to say mid-20s, uh-huh. went from Iowa State to Chicago, and he followed him. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. I remember that name. Yes. And of course, Abdul Massey was uh, was with him for the longest time, and he'll do the heavy lifting. He will on the, on the recruiting front. No I, I doubt saw about that, that. I think that exact verbiage used a couple of different times in, right? in the national stories. Abdul Massey will do the heavy lifting on the recruiting trail for Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, What's that he always mean? does. Well, he's, he's the